Hello and welcome to Cracking Portfolio number 27. I'm your host, Dave Busen, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today I'm going to be talking about X-Men number 4, my favorite Jonathan Hickman written X-Men comic in the X-Men series, not including House of X and Powers of 10, so far in the run. Let's get into it without further ado. What makes this Hickman's best X-Men comic in the Dawn of X. While 2019's Dawn of X ended on a middling muddled note, 2020 is off to an improved start, beginning with the energizing X-Men number 4 by Jonathan Hickman and Lionel Francis Yu. The issue features Professor X, Magneto, Apocalypse, and their security detail of Cyclops and Gorgon heading to a global economic summit to discuss Krakoa's newfound place in the world. The issue is full of Hickman's riveting political tete-a-tete, perfected in East of West, as well as the ethos of financial influence so elegantly explored in the Black Monday murders. Honestly, in many ways, X-Men number four would have made a very sensible first issue, and I'm curious to explore why that is. Today, I'll answer what makes X-Men number four the best Hickman U issue to date, the state of the Krakoa X-Men era heading into 2020. What is it and what am I looking forward to? Hey, if you like the Comic Book Herald YouTube channel or podcast, please consider liking, subscribing, and sharing. You can like and subscribe to the Comic Book Herald channel on YouTube or to the Best Comics Ever uh, podcast. Or, of course, as always, you can find full X-Men reading orders as well as guides to the entirety of comics over on comicbookherald.com. Certainly, there's a surface-level analysis of X-Men number 4 that could reduce the issue to people sitting around talking, but there's so much more happening here that addresses much of what I've been looking for in the Dawn of X. Whereas X-Men number 3 was a wild curveball in the dirt, although I'm sure it's not the last we'll see of horror culture, issue number 4 cuts directly to issues of Krakoa's place in the world. We hear Magneto's eloquently share his his plan for mutant kind uh, and we see a new plan for a peaceful takeover we see professor x takes reber off for the first time his x-force number one assassinate assassination notwithstanding and we learn of krakoa's ability to adapt to human hostility in the form of gorgon's security hickman's first three issues of x-men are an intriguing blend of offbeat humor seed planting yes sometimes literally but mostly i'm thinking here of Araco and the summoners and defying expectations I've been torn between just enjoying the breath between Hoxpox and what Mr. Sinister calls in incoming number one, the great crossover in the sky, and wanting to see the Dawn of X more directly proceed from the big ideas in House of X and Powers of Ten. This is less specific to just the X-Men comic book, but my biggest sense of dissatisfaction with Dawn of X has come from a feeling of of untapped potential in the era's launch. The Powers of X and Moira X timelines were the biggest hook of the opening event and have been lost to way familiar ground, way more familiar ground. What X-Men can do instead, though, is answer the practicality of Krakoa in the Marvel Universe, and this is where X-Men number four excels. More specifically, though, what makes X-Men number four my favorite Hickman U issue to date? A huge part is that Hickman revels in writing villains, especially villains that like to wax poetic over nine panels. Prominent examples that come to mind are Archibald Chamberlain from East of West or Doctor Doom from Fantastic Four New Avengers Secret Wars, written, of course, by Hickman. In X-Men, Hickman has found a perfect new star with Magneto, who digs into his stake with relish and unsurprisingly takes the lead, explaining mutant kind's promise to subsume political, financial, and institutional power in the world in order to effectively take it over. This is another of Hickman's wins, deflating long-running X-Men comic book tropes and replacing them with new ideas. The human politicians and leaders ask the mutant trinity if there will be war and if that's what they want, and Magneto, of all people, assures them there will be no war, if for no other reason than to set the stage for his speech, explaining that war is an outdated form of mutant takeover, one he's tried and failed at too many times. 
The new takeover is more insidious, more natural, and significantly harder to prevent. Lionel Francis Yu, on the other hand, has come under fire for his X-Men work, but the most consistent art criticism that his detailed, grim, and serious work does not match the tone of what has frankly been a more comedic opening salvo from writer Jonathan Hickman. I don't have much doubt that Yu is one of the better artists working consistently at Marvel, and I think he's a great fit, for example, on the Captain America run with Ta-Nehisi Coates, but his role on this specific title has absolutely felt miscast, a case of creative collaboration based on pedigree rather than fit. To use credit, his grim seriousness plays wonderfully throughout this tense conversation, particularly with Apocalypse unveiling arguably the greatest flex of all time, and certainly the best of 2020. I won't spoil the joke beyond what's shown here on the YouTube video, but suffice to say, it pays to have a centuries-old celestial-powered mutant wearing a business suit in your meetings. I also very much appreciate leaders of humankind questioning the mutant drugs that have allowed the mutants' rapid ascent to power on the global stage. The very premise of House of X relies heavily on the idea that mankind would believe Krakoan drugs are as effective and safe as mutant kind claims. I am not necessarily looking for the FDA's memos on testing, although that does feel like a possible data page, but it does feel noteworthy that the likes of Wakanda has denied a need for these drugs, whereas other nations have accepted. Now, at first glance, I'd imagine T'Challa, Shuri, and company simply do not want to be held at the whims of Krakoa, but it could also be that their science doubts the efficacy of these drugs, or has found more sinister, pun intended, intent. The biggest moment of the issue, though, is one honestly months in the making, with Professor X both addressing his successful, asterisk included, assassination, and outright discussing his perceived change of heart regarding his dream, a piece of peace between humans and mutants. Throughout the Hickman era in 2019, the professor's motivations have come under the most scrutiny, with many longtime X-Men fans labeling him an outright villain following his shift in demeanor and behavior. I don't know if it's as simple as the removal of Cerebra, but Professor X sharing his belief in his dream feels more like the character of old and less like the final House of X version with his mind broken by Moira X. It's a huge moment with Professor X revealing himself and sharing that even with the attempt on his life, he still wants to believe in his original dream. He can't, though, and not just because of what he's seen via Myra. No, it's been one month since humans tried to kill him on Krakoa, and here representatives of humanity are planning to murder them all yet again, but for the intervention of Cyclops and Gorgon. I suppose it's partially because I'm trained to root for the X-Men, but the moments where the Krakoan nation comes out on top and displays the extent of their power are inherently thrilling. Professor X, Magneto, Apocalypse, Cyclops, and Gorgon all leave this meeting having fully revealed their plans to shape the world, and with Gorgon dismembering entire swaths of armed forces who had other plans. So what does it all mean for the state of Krakoa X-Men era heading into 2020? First off, hopefully more of Hickman writing on the international mutant relations scale. While episodic in nature, the through line of the first four issues is Scott Summers' role as Captain Commander of the X-Men. I enjoy these stories, but they do not capture the state of mutant affairs as effectively as everything to do with Professor X, Magneto, and Apocalypse. Ben Percy, Joshua Kassara, and the X-Force team have done a good job owning some of this responsibility throughout Dawn of X, but I'm eager for Hickman to lay claim to substantially more of it as he does here in this issue. The focus also on Gorgon here and the data page explaining his role as security for the Quiet Council has me hopeful for a run focusing on these stories or perhaps specifically arcs alternating between Krakoa's captains. The framing, especially Gorgon with the Quiet Council, promises to keep X-Men at the heart of Krakoan developments rather than this off-the-beaten-path adventure that have shaped the book's early stories. All in all, I had a really good feeling 
about X-Men number four. Again, it's my favorite Hickman U issue of the era, and I'm excited about what it means for this era of X-Men comics that, again, heading into the end of 2019, I have my favorites, Marauder's Chief among them, um, but otherwise, The Dawn of X has definitely felt like a come down from the tremendous highs of House of X and Powers of Ten. But hey, I'm energized again. I'm excited about it. I'm curious what you think, any theories or opinions you got from X-Men number four. Please leave them in the comments here on the YouTube channel um, or share them with me at Comic Book Herald pretty much anywhere uh, you can find me. And always, you can go to comicbookherald.com. I've got a link in the show notes to X-Men reading orders as well as my House of X reading order, which is updated weekly as new comics are released. Please consider liking and subscribing to all the Comic Book Herald content. And as always, thanks for listening and enjoy all the comics.